Welcome back to another episode of Dinner for Breakfast. I am your host, what? No, I'm not Wes. You're, you're <laughs> Wes this time. I was Bailey last time, so you can be Wes this time. I'm actually Wes. I'm your host, Bailey. There's Wes. And we have a special guest today. Um, our own, I would call him farmer in a sense. Uh, we got Zach here today. Everybody yeah, give a round of applause for Zach. No one, probably, yeah, no one probably picked up my claps. Zach, how are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I got to start this by saying, you know, f- first time caller, long time listener. You know? There you go. That's yeah, the podcast. That's what you guys are putting out. Thank you very much. And <laughs> that's it for Zach. He literally just had him on here to, to tell us we're doing a good job. Uh, no, we, uh, we've all, the three of us have known each other for an extraordinarily long time. Um, and it's about time that we had Zach on here because Zach, uh, you are a, you are a farmer. Is that what you would like describe your job as? Yeah. As a farmer. Yeah, I'm a I'm a nonprofit vegetable farmer. So uh, I work for a nonprofit that um, it's a really big uh, organization. But part of what we do is uh, grow produce to support food pantries because a lot of times, um, you know, food pantries, the thing that they have the hardest time getting in is uh, fresh produce. Word. So uh, we kind of step up and fill fill that need. Very yeah. nice. Very doing nice. doing the Lord's work, as some would say. Um, What's uh What's the name of your uh, nonprofit? You can plug it if you'd like. Uh, Kids Food Basket. Kids it's food out of basket, Grand Rapids. Everybody. Yep. There we go. Um, we uh we got a couple notes here that we were trying to kind of go over in the beginning, but um, I thought Wes brought up a really good point: is what produce would you say is like uh, worth growing at home versus like buying at a store? tomatoes tomatoes what yeah that's an easy one tomatoes i bought bought tomatoes at the store like literally two hours ago before we started recording this and i I mean so long to find you do what you got to do yeah you know (laughs) you can't you can't really get tomatoes uh you know homegrown tomatoes in michigan right now unless you got a greenhouse it is like yeah yeah (laughs) the flavor though is just like completely opposite and I, I think the big thing that does it is because, um, like, if they pick them, like, down in Mexico or somewhere far away, um, they're probably picking them when they're not quite ripe and then letting them ripen on the truck or whatever oh, to the destination versus, like, com- coming to, like, complete ripeness on the vine and getting, like, all the sugars that the plant's going to make for it. That, that's what that's my theory on it, but they're that- just, it's... Night and day. If you don't like tomatoes and you've only had store bought tomatoes, I you urge you. Yeah, if you don't like tomatoes, uh, you're a buffoon. You're delicious. No, but That's my mom fair. grows grows tomatoes. She's been growing tomatoes since I was a little kid, and like sometimes during the summer, we would get like these gigantic beefsteak tomatoes, and I would just eat tomatoes and mayonnaise and salt on white bread, and that would be my. Life. Oh yeah, tomato sandwich. Tomato sandwich, so, so good. Game changer. Oh yeah, I love them. I love them. Truly, I uh, truly agree. I don't know if I'm those. the only tomato that like my mom grows them as well, but the only ones I really like is like cherry tomatoes, like uh, yeah, because they're just super easy just to pop in and go. I uh, I don't know. Those those are my favorite. I love a good cherry they're tomato. They're like a nice little snack, but like at the end of the day, my favorite way to eat a tomato is on a sandwich. And putting tomatoes, putting a cherry tomatoes or grape tomatoes or anything like that on a sandwich is just stupid. Yeah, no, that in that in that regard, yeah, it's, it's, not it's practical. no, yeah. not practical at all. Um, I don't know. I just, I just love a nice. You ever get into any heirloom tomatoes? Of course, oh, the ones that are like like mottled, multicolored. Yeah, they look all crazy. Some they have a lot of different flavors, and usually you can find some pretty like sweet ones that are similar to like the taste of a cherry tomato. That's what I was gonna ask is um, 
is those multicolor because isn't like different colored peppers not like bell peppers and really not a big uh change on flavor aren't they all like just the same flavor well, but different color the color ones are i think are more sweet okay a that's lot what of the i time. thought too but i um, thought i read something and like, that it's like not really it's placebo especially when it's like a red one yeah like because what what happens is like green bell peppers uh turn into red bell peppers yeah. but um they're like really hard to time so like they'll be green for a really really long while and they'll hold in the field while they're green so they'll be good yeah. on the vine but then as soon as they turn red you've got to get them off of there within like three or four days or else they get all soft oh, and real quick gross uh, i think we actually yeah. talked about about uh green and red peppers on the show before because that's probably where i'm remembering people, it from yeah <laughs> probably i mean that's fine it's zach knows more about produce than either of us but um I you know here's something that I didn't write in the notes that just that I just remembered. Um, Zach, we we used to live together for yeah about a year. We were renting a house. We had a worm bin at our house <laughs> under our oh, sink. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. We had a worm bin. It was the smelliest thing ever. It was cool because Zach was like growing yeah. up produce at our house, which was kind of neat. He had like a room in the basement where he had like grow lights. That was uh, <laughs> like all of his. <laughs> that was in a. That was definitely an experiment. Uh, yeah. So the the idea is that um you create like this environment that worms thrive in. Okay. And uh, you feed them your your table scraps and they eat them and turn it into vermicompost. And if you do it right and have the right ratios and don't overfeed and don't let it get too moist and uh, you know a list of other things that you have to keep an eye on and manage. Right. Um, it works really well and it doesn't smell, but <laughs> I didn't have an ideal setup. No, it was like, <laughs> and uh, like I, just say I learned a lot. <laughs> it was like a plastic tub full of dirt that sat under our sink. So like every time we it was a very elementary one. It, to be fair, to be fair, it didn't smell just like walking into the kitchen. It wouldn't smell. But if you opened up that cabinet under the sink, under the sink, you'd hit hit with a wall of just compost smell. So is it? I mean, yeah. Is it like? Um, was it just like earthworms or is it like any like specific like tomato uh, red wigglers what is it red wigglers red wigglers red, red wigglers <laughs> yeah the cadillac of worm the cadillac of worms let me uh, oh my god let me look up what a red wiggler looks like turn your safe search on please oh jeez <laughs> okay okay so it's it's essentially oh. like an earthworm though that's what they look like yeah it's it's an earthworm it's just like a specific like breed of earthworm i guess um, if you want to call it that, uh, yeah. they're just like the most efficient for composting. A worm is a worm, right? Like at the end oh. of the day, I mean, I know there's different types of worms, but you know, how specific can you be with worm types? You know what I mean? <laughs> at a certain point, you have to just kind of call it a worm. I don't no, know. The worm that scares me the most is a tomato worm with those big green ones that you find out there. Those things are massive. Yeah, oh, those dude. things. I've never, uh, you've never I seen... don't even know what the what dude they're huge dude, they get massive they'll mess your tomatoes up too they can, yeah they can eat like a whole plant in two or three days easy just all the way to the bottom oh. <laughs> it came out as uh, there's a there's actually a uh, parasitic wasp that lays its eggs oh. on the tomato worms the eggs hatch and the larvae go inside the worm and eat oh. kill it oh that's God. dope it's pretty cool that's pretty think, cool i don't think this thing's freaky looking i think he's kind of cute it reminds me of like the uh the worm or whatever from uh, alice oh. in the wonderland oh wait i just saw a picture of it next to a tomato it's yeah, huge it's massive yeah, oh my god yeah, dude. Dude. it's like the size of it's like the size of a finger 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty you don't, good. You don't squish them with your bare hands. No. That's not how you kill no. them. Oh, God, no. I you pick them off and whip them at the ground. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you'd have to kill that thing with a <laughs> Good Lord. You um, know the best way to find them? How? What's that? You look for their poop. Oh, <laughs> They're so big and they eat God. so much that you can literally see their poop like underneath where they are on the tomato vine. Um, that's, that's crazy. Really, really wild. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. Now that I know how big they are, I don't like looking at them anymore. I'm gonna close <laughs> I was fine with them when I thought they were little guys, but Wes, you could probably no, grow some no. good uh, tomatoes right there on that windowsill. Uh, what right here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe a little. I, I can't see my own camera right now, but um, I have the cat hammock set up right here. So this is like a little thing that suction cups to the window where my cat sleeps. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't really have like outdoor space because I live in an apartment. You don't have a patio. And I'm on the I have like a balcony. I'm on th I'm on the third floor. Mm. Mm. So like, dude, you should have you should have seen the garden I put in <laughs> on my patio. Um, what are your? I, I guess I'm not on the top floor, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, on, I'm on the ground floor, and there's like a little flower bed uh, that was empty mm. next to my patio, and I put a bunch of like squash and radishes and stuff like oh, yeah. that in there. Nice, very cool. <laughs> dude, that's, that's oh. the move. Here's another thing. <clears throat> While we're kind of on the topic of uh, when we lived together, Zach, we had a smoker at the house. Mm -hmm. And we would make a lot of stuff in the smoker. And you had this really bizarre <laughs> recipe for, uh, like, dry rub for everything that we smoked. I mean, we, oh, yeah. I loved having a smoker. It was like we'd smoke mac and cheese. It was great. Cornbread. Our favorite was smoking pork butts. Um. I just was hoping that you would, if you're willing to share your secret ingredients, because you have two secret ingredients in this this dry rub. Oh man! I think you know the two I'm. Talking I only about. remember. I think I only. Rem I remember one. Okay. It was this. Uh, I had this jo blue raspberry Jolly Rancher drink mix powder, what? and I would just put like, hear me out here. I would put like, maybe half, like maybe a teaspoon in there. Yeah, like maybe a little bit more. I would just. Just put like a little dash, and it gave it like this like sweet and kind of bittery it's like thing. a tang to it. Really yeah. Really the, other, was the other one that I was thinking of is instant gravy mix because you'd put. Oh yeah, I put a little bit. That that was a good idea. <laughs> that was a really good. <laughs> that, yeah, the, honestly, though, the Jolly Rancher thing was kind of. I put a good I idea put too. more than a table or a teaspoon of that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was good stuff. It was weird, man. That that was a wild time. I don't know. I've I've recently seen like on TikTok where people are making like jerky, but like using Dr Pepper as like a marinade for it. Ooh, and I'm like, weird. that can't be good. But that just like reminded me of it using those like kind of like not traditional right. seasonings. <laughs> Do you remember the when we smoked the pork butt and uh, we went to that little uh, bodega store by the, the house and. Uh, we, we were trying to find pineapple juice, but they didn't have any, so we grabbed a bottle of Pineapple Fanta. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. For the that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. All right. This sounds like the, the most ideal, did... like, um, college li living that I've ever heard yeah, in my we life. Did some, <laughs> we did some, well, that's that's the thing, is I, don't, I think at that point, I don't think either me or Zach was in college. I think I was taking classes. You were taking at that classes point. still. Okay. I was. Yeah, just... it was like I think in the fall when we moved in, I was. It was all online because of the pandemic. Right. Yeah. 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 That's okay. what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. It was. That was a wild time. We cooked. We cooked some really bizarre stuff in that house. What else did you cook? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything? Uh, 
I, I miss the bow buns that you and Jared would, because that, that was also like related to the smoker, because usually yeah. it'd be like we'd smoke a pork butt or something, and then Wes and Jared would make uh, like these little steamed buns. Yeah, shout, like, out, oh, shout out Jared, our other roommate that we were living with in this yeah. house. Um, Jer Bear. Jer Bear, good old Jerry. And <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's also a really good cook. So we would take this leftover pork and just do all sorts of wacky shit with it. So like we made uh, homemade. Uh, macaroni and cheese when we like made homemade so pasta and then would like throw that back on the smoker we did the bao buns um we did I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff we did i cooked i made duck confit in that house for the first time that was my first time ever making duck confit was in that house it turned out great um you guys oh you guys made some pretty interesting we, cocktails too we made some weird cocktails you guys uh I remember Zach, you used to make a lot of like shepherd's pie. Oh yeah, like, that was like one a week. Much, once a week, you'd make a shepherd's pie, and I remember there was a point in time where I had bought a little tub of gochujang, and every single thing that you cooked, you used like a tablespoon of gochujang in everything. Oh yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's really good. What's gochujang? <laughs> you introduced me to the flavor. Gochujang's a uh, Korean uh, like hot chili paste. Okay um it's kind of like tomato paste the consistency yeah. yeah it's it's like tomato paste except it's made out of like chili peppers basically Ooh, sounds it's good. really good sounds super good. duper good what would you ideally put that in anything uh, I everything like, well yeah zach will put it in anything <laughs> um i like it like you know use it in like a brine or like a uh a braise okay um, you can use it to make a marinade you can make sauces with it you can you can pretty much do whatever you want with it okay i was gonna say in my defense an ingredient in the shepherd's pie is tomato paste, so I'm really just making a substitution there. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you gotta love it. Yeah. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Um, when you uh, what's the easiest produce to keep alive though, Zach? Keep alive. Like gives you the tomatoes whole. are pretty easy, but like basil, that stuff just keeps going. Oh yeah, so um, basically like your mint, basil, all that. Yeah, I'm trying to Herbs. think what else. Um, yeah, yeah, mint. If you if you plant mint or like oregano, um, those are the only two that I can think of right now. Maybe like put them in a pot, um, or like in something contained because they will take over like your whole yard if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you will always have mint. Um, um, they're pretty pretty hardy and they're perennial even in Michigan, so they they do very well. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's probably yeah, probably herbs. Tomatoes are pretty hard to kill too, but they do get um, they get some diseases that uh, aren't really a big deal with with different herbs. For sure, for sure. Um, so, oh, excuse me, I'm drinking carbonated beverages. It's making me a little burpy. Um, while you're working on the farm, you probably deal with a lot of like like pest control problems. Um, yeah what would you say like is the biggest threat as a pest like for you for need what, to what you're doing specify like uh are we talking about like in a greenhouse or are we talking about like open field like because during I, the winter it's like completely different than during the summer so do you want, do you want me to just go over both i mean yeah you can go you can go over both whatever i was i was thinking open field just because that's what first popped okay. in my mind i always picture you out in the middle of a field with like a big piece of straw in your mouth and a big like wicker hat just yeah i do have a hat chopping away at the ground i know you have a hat i've seen that. <laughs> 
um so out outside i would have to say um for for like your nightshades so like tomatoes and peppers or peppers don't peppers don't really get uh, too many problems but like tomatoes um and also like uh what's it squash like your squash Mm -hmm. um the stuff that's going to get that is like cucumber beetles or uh there's like also squash vine borer that will like they make one hole in in your plant and then even if you go after it after they've been on there for a little while and kill them um they spread like a bacteria that really like causes a lot of damage um yeah and then potato beetles also eat like everything too if you're yeah (laughs) this is something that i really appreciate about like pests is the naming convention like just based on the name of it you already know what it does i'm not i'm not listing off like uh you know the scientific name for any oh, no, of these there's of definitely not. a more official name but it's just what, Zach, what Zach's out here just naming them in, in the field as he goes yeah. <laughs> oh, right. he's like, he's like, well, that, weird names. that bug's on Make a potato so that's a potato bug <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i mean to an extent yeah, yeah. <laughs> but these uh these smut bugs get on your summer squash and they like they eat at the skin and that like lets oxygen in and just like lets it go makes it go bad really fast um in the field and but like underneath them it, it just looks like all smutty like i don't know how else to explain it like the damage that they do just makes your food look smutty Ugh. interesting like they've got like a yeah it probably ruins the flavoring like, too uh yeah we don't send any of those out <laughs> send um, that to the <laughs> pantry <laughs> yeah no we don't do we don't do any of that that's one that that's one that we throw as far as we can <laughs> throw it out of the- <laughs> that's like that's one of my favorite things and because um volunteers do the majority of the work at my farm and like my part of my job is to like lead groups of volunteers and teach them how to do different tasks right and i love absolutely love when i get a bunch of little kids out there because like i'm like hey and you know if you see this and it's bad it's got this bad spot here look at that huck it throw it as far as you can the only rule is don't hit anybody and they have so much fun the whole shift they're running up to me how about this one is this a bad one <laughs> it's just like looking for bad that's really cute they have a good uh, time yeah so how much how much like produce do you guys like produce like um i don't know i don't so know how last you we did measure, like on a day-to-day basis or a weekly basis or what uh well so they measure it by the fiscal year so it's a little bit weird mm-hmm. um so it starts in like july and then it goes through till the next july mm-hmm. so it's kind of on a weird scale with the um gr- with our growing season but we do produce stuff over the winter so a little different um Anyway, last year we did about our little over twenty thousand pounds that, and oh we like to translate it into uh, servings. Sure. So that that was like over um, one hundred and fifty thousand. It was like one hundred and fifty-four thousand servings. Oh my shit, um, God. Of produce, oh and like God. you know, twenty thousand pounds doesn't seem like a lot, but ah. um, <laughs> when it's when you think about stuff like lettuce too, you know, right. like a pound of lettuce, that's. That's a lot of lettuce. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? that's enough for like six. And that, especially like, yeah, especially like over the winter too. The majority of what we do is like greens, lettuce, and microgreens. I take issue with the fact that you just said that twenty thousand pounds of produce doesn't seem like a lot because <laughs> that seems like a fucking ton to me. Yeah, I mean, it's ten, it's ten tons, pounds. but <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, it's a lot. I don't know. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, though, when you go to like meyer or something and you just see like 
you know, a thousand pounds of potatoes sitting on the floor. It's like kind of kind of puts yeah. it into perspective. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, but, but... That's, that's it's definitely we definitely um you know we definitely feed uh fill our areas need quite a bit and at times even have too much to to like distribute mm-hmm. like especially with summer squash because that stuff grows overnight i swear <laughs> <laughs> especially Is... when it's raining dude we harvest we ha- we'll harvest the same patch three times a week oh my um in the peak season yeah Cause like just that one day in between, we'll size stuff up to be ready to go. And if it gets too big, then it gets all like seedy on the inside, and the skin gets really tough. So that's another hucker. (laughs) Another hucker. (laughs) (laughs) Another hucker. Jeez. What do you? So Uh, do you guys have like a greenhouse? Is that what you got? That's is that how you guys grow in the the winter time? I obviously assume. Yeah. So we've got a, a like a heated greenhouse that's got automated sides that roll down. It's like the Cadillac of greenhouses, you know, the red regular, <laughs> the Cadillac of worm. We got the Cadillac of greenhouses. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So like a lot of what we do in there, we've got a few different hydroponic systems. Um, okay. We have some tomatoes growing in them and like some peppers, but that's not they don't really produce like a mass amount where we distribute it. We usually use that for like, if we have a classroom come in there, we can kind of, we like teach kids about like, Hey, you know, you can grow without soil. And then we let them like taste test um, stuff. We, the way we'd set up is like, we've got these two long tables with um, our hydroponic system, like buckets on each side uh-huh. and uh, tomatoes going up all the way down. So it kind of creates this tunnel when it's, oh, uh, you know, cool. in full production. <laughs> Yeah. So we call it the, the tomato tunnel, and they get to go down that and find tomatoes and eat them. That's awesome. <laughs> they have a good That's time. And then when when there aren't any kids groups there, too, it gives us, like, an opportunity to, like, make little salad kits almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, That's like, smart. when you go to the store and you get, like, those little bags of salad mix, yeah. we'll cut up some microgreens, cut up some lettuce, put it in a box, throw a couple tomatoes in there, you know, maybe some nasturtium flowers. Oh, yeah. I know that that was, you guys talked about edible flowers uh, in one of your past episodes, I I remember. Um, So these nasturtium flowers, uh, they grow with, like, these, like, lily pad kind of looking leaves. And um, they kind of look kind of like, I'm trying to think, like, they kind of look like a snapdragon. That's, like, the type of flower. It's Um, like a tiny little, like, little, though, aren't they? Uh, I, they get pretty I don't know. They're pretty good size for a flower, like, but they they have like a radish taste to them. You know what I mean? Like you you eat it, and it's it's not really spicy, but it's like got like a burn, like a radish, like burn. a arugula. That's that's Peppery, a good yeah. Of, that's a good way of describing it. It's like a radish. Except there was that one time when we were living together that you brought a flower home and you were like, "Hey, eat this flower. It's super spicy." And it was super spicy. I don't remember what it was. I remember it was very. Oh, cool. I think that was. Pro- it was probably a nasturtium, but like, I, f- I think I figured out that some of the colors are like way hotter than other ones. <laughs> like peppers. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's funny though. That's funny. That's um, pretty cool. A uh, quick question on fertilizing. So, what do you guys use to fertilize? Do you just use like regular just animal? Uh, um, um, I guess feces. Do- yeah. No, so so we're we're located in uh we're, so so far we've been located in the city of Grand Rapids, um, and we do have we do have neighbors even though we're kind of in a more rural part of the city I would say on like the outskirts, okay. uh, but um we try to like not just dump a bunch of manure just out of courtesy for the neighbors. That's, that's the word I was looking and, for. And you know we have 
there's there's 200 volunteers that go in there every day to like pack sack suppers that's the other part of the program we serve um kids in after school programs and uh in under in under under resourced communities um uh, like a little take-home meal at the end of the day nice so they have something to eat when they get home and it's got like all the you know all the nutritional requirements like a fruit a vegetable a healthy snack dairy Mm -hmm. you know all all the good stuff for you um so that that's like the main thing uh so we you know have a lot of people coming around so in a way it's kind of a disney farm um the main thing that we that we do is we use a lot of cover crops um and we use like this it's called the living soil technique and uh it's basically like the the philosophy is that you have something growing on your soil um 11 months out of the year you never leave it um bare except for so that none of the nutrients are lost and you're just constantly adding organic matter so a lot of we will grow like um a lot of rye um some buckwheat and uh oats and stuff that kind of stuff um so and then you guys do like crop till that in when it before we uh we'll till that in before it and it just kind of adds a lot of organic matter and then while the plants are growing i'll spray um it's like it's a fit it's like a emulsified fish and seaweed and that doesn't really have much nutrient value but it'll um it has a lot of microbes in it that when they get into the soil they'll break down the stuff that's in there and turn that into fertilizer cool. so that's kind of that's, pretty that's kind of the deal we try to like try to like raise a lot of the beneficial bacteria and the beneficial bugs in the soil if Very you will cool. i think I think this episode of this podcast has been the most like educational episode oh, by a long time. <laughs> kind of good. Instead of me and Bailey just coming on here and farting around, we're actually like learning stuff. That's awesome. You guys are you guys are getting me going yeah, here. Dude. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. Um hey and it's, it's... I got a I got another question. I want you so uh, you guys compost, right? Is that you we were hanging out not that long oh. ago. We got dinner not that long ago and you showed me like this uh video of like was it like a turn? Oh, yeah, is that yeah. just a big compost bin? And like, is that what's the whole it's, point of like composting in a sense? So I, do you want me to explain that machine? Yeah, or like, explain the machine, and then I guess like, you go into composting. Okay. So like the basically this machine is like a, uh, oh I'm trying to remember the dimension. I think it's like a ten by twenty, um, basically like, like a shed, and it's got this auger in the middle of it, on it that's on tracks, and um, it's got all these motors that turn this auger and rotate it and try move it around on the track um so that it can like turn every area of that uh that shed and uh what that does is like it mixes everything up gets everything um you know evenly dispersed uh and helps air get in there um and there's also like an air pump in the bottom of it that's just always pumping air into the bottom of the pile um so that just like kind of creates uh what what you don't want to do when you're making compost is have any anaerobic uh breakdown you want everything to have like enough air um so like when you start smelling things like like my worm bin when it smells kind of really bad um when your compost pile kind of starts smelling like like poo um that just means that there's not like enough air in there or that it's not dry enough Mm. um cool that kind of two things so like by keeping like the optimum conditions, so like the optimum moisture level, um, ratio of carbon to nitrogen, um, and yeah, it it just like it'll get really hot. So like um, we've had temperatures in there over 150 degrees just Whoa. with stri- just just stuff breaking down. It's gonna so blow. Just, um, like, 
That's like from the bacteria yeah. inside of the compost, like breaking down the the organic matter in there and then producing gas as a product of that, right? And it creates heat. I'm not I don't I don't think it, it comes from the heat. Or I don't think it, I don't know if it comes from gases. Um but I'm not I'm not really sure what exactly causes it to release the heat. That's fine. Well, what do you I've know, Zach? Read because I thought you kind of sounds like you don't know anything at all, really. You have a, I mean, we do have a pretty strong history on this podcast of uh, just saying things as if they are true and not researching we, them any we call, further. We call it bro science. We call it bro science. Bro, bro science. Um, I mean, it, that definitely makes sense. I'm just, I feel like I definitely read something about it somewhere. I just can't remember. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get you. Um, let's. Let's switch gears a little bit, All right? Zach has taught us a lot about farming, and farming is very cool, but Zach has another skill set when it comes to, like, the, the culinary world that I kind of want to talk about, which would be uh, campfire cooking. Oh, yeah. Zach, in addition to being a farmer, is an avid outdoorsman and does a lot of cooking on, like, open campfires, and you got, like, this weird little wood-burning stove that fits inside of oh, a tent. Dude. Yeah, I've got a hot tent. <laughs> it seems so sketchy to me. Every time I see pictures of it, it's like this little tent with a stove, like a wood-burning stove right in the middle, and I'm always nervous it's going to catch on fire. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty solid, um, and it's got like a fireproof jack where it goes through the ceiling. People do this, all right, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, do this. This, is, this is a cool, this is, uh, I've been watching people do it on YouTube for 15 years, and have like just, or maybe not 15, pro, pro, since pro. I was 15 years old, that's what I meant to okay, say. Yeah, um, so like and uh 12 years something in that ballpark yeah I, I just bought one in the fall so this is it's kind of like it's been really sweet to uh finally be be doing that um oh, yeah. and this last weekend i uh i took my brother out with me uh over to this campground that we i don't know i don't know if bailey's been there but um i know wes has been there we went to that uh blind lake campground oh, that, yeah, that yeah. One, I've been right, right on the water that's a nice yeah. hike. Yeah, I've been to the yeah. uh, I've been to the lake. I've never camped out there. I'm not I'm so, not a um, camper. <laughs> my well, my brother knows a uh normally you have to hike a set like a seven mile trail to get to this campground. There are no roads to it, but um uh, my brother spent a couple summers working for the DNR and one of the campgrounds that he had to like, you know, maintain was Blind Lake. Mm-hmm. So he knows a back way in that it's literally a five minute walk. Um, <laughs> so we, we, you know, we brought like cots and that stove yeah. and everything, steaks. We ate like kings wait, out there. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Um, why, why did, when I, last time I went there, we did like an eight, like it took us all day to walk to the stupid campsite. And you're telling me we oh, could yeah. have it five minutes. Well, we did yeah, have to get um, dropped off. There isn't anywhere to park over there, oh. so we just had my dad drop us off on the side of the road, and then oh, we Mark. like walked to the campground. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, that that's the show too. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that wood stove has like kind of opened up a whole new world because usually when you cook on a fire, um. You know, if you have anything that's not already like a black seasoned cast iron pan, like if you're using any stainless steel at all, it'll just put soot all over the body. It'll just turn your, you know, equipment black. And it's just like not very fun uh, to, to cook. But this stove has like eliminated that problem. And when it's really cold out, um, I can be like, I, I can be in my, inside my sleeping bag if I wanted to, um, cooking on the stove. <laughs> just laying in bed. 
was pretty nice. Um, so this past trip, we made uh, steaks. Um, my brother had this mountain house meal that uh, oh, like it was one of the dehydrated. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was apple crisp. And Ooh, oh my so god! If that wasn't the best mountain house meal I've ever had, <laughs> uh, that was so good. Um, and then in the morning, I brought like some elk's breakfast sausage and eggs. Mm. So we made like elk breakfast oh, yeah. sausage and eggs. Alex woke up to the smell of sausage sizzling in the pan That's next bad. to him. That sounds like a great camping trip. I remember another thing that we used to do, like when we were kids, we'd have a fire at your house, um, like all the time. Oh. And we used to do like foil pack dinners where you just oh yeah you basically like take everything you want to eat. It's kind of like a shepherd's pie in a way. It's like do like ground beef or like cut up hot dogs and like veggies and potatoes and whatever you want. Usually we throw cheese in there. The fixings. And then you yeah the fixings. Oh yeah, all your fixings. And you wrap it all up in tin foil and just like bury it in coals and then let it sit there for like I don't know forty minutes or something and then dig it up and then boom bow bing you got a nice fresh hot dinner. We also did it with like uh, a cut open banana, and then we would stuff chocolate and marshmallows inside oh, of it and wrap that. Yeah, that was so that good. Sounds that good. That sounds amazing. really good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I've never been a big fan of foil um, cookings though because they always, the potatoes always come out like either underdone most of the time in like my instances and like they never like yeah. it never always hits right. You know, so that's like yeah, my I'll always give issue. You that. That's fair. That's fair. I mean. It, the potatoes are tough to get right in those things. Yeah. If there's, if there's everything else just cooks way faster. It's yeah. <laughs> if there is an alternative, I would gladly take it. But if a foil pack dinner is the only thing that I'm going to be having, then like you know, whatever, right. I don't care. Right. I'll, eat, I'll eat a crunchy potato. I'll eat a crunchy potato. It's not kill me, <laughs> probably. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a scientist. It might kill you. I have no idea. Bro science. I think. Bro science. I think we got pretty good immune systems after cooking on those coffee cans. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about the <laughs> coffee can cookers. Holy yeah, do you, do you want to do you want to take the lead on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and Zach, when we were kids, we were in uh Cub Scouts. Were you in were you in Cub Scouts, Bailey? I think you, um, you were for I was while. like like not long. I didn't I didn't stick not with long. it. No, not like you guys. No. Well Zach Zach went even farther than I did. Zach, Zach's an Eagle Scout. Uh, Weren't didn't you become an Eagle Scout? No, 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 I'm a star. I'm, I'm a, a star. Glenn. Glenn's, Glenn's an, an eagle. Oh, okay, okay. Props to him. My boss is an Eagle Scout. I learned the other day. Anyways, um, we had these like metal, like a metal coffee tin, right? And what you do is you turn it upside down so that the open side of it is on the ground and then the flat bottom of it is at the top. Yeah. You put you use a like a can opener and you punch a whole bunch of holes in the top for like vents. Uh-huh. And then you cut a little like garage door shape in the <laughs> bottom. You start a little fire underneath it, and then you can use the top as like a skillet. Okay. So we would like we would like sit in the backyard. I remember sitting in my parents' backyard, and there'd be like five or six of us, like you know, a, a bunch of us and our brothers and our friends would sit uh, on just on the ground and cook like Vienna sausages and fry spam off the top of these coffee cookers. And of course, like we're you know we were like what ten or so, like oh, fifth yeah. grade. Like, obviously, we're not washing these things. So we would just, like, like scrape it <laughs> off the stick and then just, like, do it again and again. We eat a lot of dirt. I and... have I have on camera, because in fifth grade, one of our, um, one of the school projects was to do a how-to video. So mine was how to yeah. cook spam. Ooh, and uh, I, I made a DVD. Video. And on video, I have me, when I'm trying to flip a piece, it falling off into the sand. <laughs> 
I pick it back up, throw it on there, and I said, hey, it'll burn off. <laughs> and then later in the video, you see me, like, flicking rocks off of it with my knife, and I'm like, hey, I don't want to be eating rocks. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I remember um, I remember one time uh, we were at your house. We were in the um, the clubhouse, and we were making homemade eggnog one time. And it turned out to be the worst oh thing God. because the egg yolk was still I like cooked. <laughs> I, we cooked the eggs. We scrambled the eggs. Oh yeah, egg. it was. You're not supposed to cook the eggs. Yeah, no, that was no, the eggnog turned out so bad. Yeah. <laughs> to temper it, but I mean, again, we were like kids and had no idea, so we didn't yeah. know how to temper. I mean, I thought it tasted yeah. okay. No, the taste was fine. <laughs> it's the chunks of scrambled egg with nutmeg and cinnamon that is bad. Um, also, speaking of Zach's house. Zach's house always had the best snacks. Like, whenever we stayed at night there, I'd, like, you know, middle of the night, we're done playing Minecraft for the 11th straight hour or whatever, and I go into the pantry and eat, like, you know, a whole bunch of Slim Jims and, like, fruit leather and then just pass out on the couch. And then in the morning, I'd steal a five-hour energy from your dad. Great. Good times. Um, I remember in, in fifth grade when we also had those, like, the fake money in the classroom mm, mm-hmm. and i think i think you bought like a slim jim off of me for like 50 dollars or like a hundred dollars i felt bad about it basically. oh yeah well, what I'm to say. But that slim jim was like, good, oh, though. Man, i feel I like i kind of ripped well, my friend off well first of all i don't remember that uh and second of all my <laughs> my parents never bought slim jims like i never had slim the only time i had slim jims growing up was when i went to, when i went to your house like, my parents really? were, like, yeah, oh yeah, they'd buy, like, unfrosted Pop-Tarts and, like, low-sugar cereal. Oh, which, no. like, I, I mean, it. I understand. In their, their defense, <laughs> we had that. Not the worst. In, in their the defense, worst. they had the gas station and that, all, all the stores downtown, Dave, you know, yeah. where we walked to. Yeah. Shout out Dave's so, Bargains. We, we didn't need any help getting our sugar fix. <laughs> no, not at all. We'd walk to Dave's Bargains <laughs> and buy a can of soda for, like, 60 cents and then sit down and play chess outside of the barber shop. Good times. Do you remember the the breadsticks that they sold oh, out of that bug and box? station? Oh my god! Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I they had no right to be that good. No, they were so good. It was just like these cheap, shitty breadsticks with nacho cheese. You'd get five of them in like a foil lined bag, and it was like two dollars or something. Man, what a time good. to be alive! What a time! To this be is alive. this. So we've gone from talking about farming to just like reminiscing now um zach one time <laughs> when we went to the cabin up north what would you was a garbage bread is that what you made oh my god that, oh, that was all wes's that was me that was you that was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What, what was that in was that? because that was so good uh, and i needed it garbage in my life. bread is it's a really good breakfast to make for like a crowd of people like we would do it uh so we called it, we called it white trash bash, essentially, where we were, <laughs> there was like, I know, it's, very tasty name. it's not tasteful at all, but we I love like, it, you know, 16 or whatever. How we were older than that, 17, maybe. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But we'd all go up to the uh, Glenn's cabin and there was like probably six or seven of us. And uh, we were just like, you know, hanging out, doing nefarious things. And garbage bread was like the, the breakfast and... Uh, I just took, like, a tube of, like, Pillsbury pizza dough or whatever, or crescent rolls. I don't remember which. I rolled it out flat and then stu- and then put a line of, like, cooked bacon and sausage and cheese and eggs and hot sauce and mustard uh, all in the middle. And then rolled it up like a loaf of bread and then just baked it in the oven. And you just cut it into slices and serve it in a plate. So it good. It was so good. Waking oh, yeah. up to that that one morning was... 
That was, that was really good. <laughs> It was really good. Oh, Blue Cross God. Blue Shield should cover that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Hopefully. It was it. great. It was really, it was really, really good. Uh, those are. Oh man, we need more food like that in our life. Uh, what? Just, uh, just trash. Yes. Before before you turned twenty years old, what was the best food that um that was that like you and your you know, you and your friends cooked or we cooked, you know. Oh man. Before 20, we turned twenty. Twenty. Jeez. That breakfast tough. bread is up there. The garbage bread was oh, really good. Say, yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty that's pretty close to the top. <laughs> I remember making a lot of dump cake at your house. Oh yeah. Like those were pretty good. Oven. The dump cakes always came out great. Dump cake is essentially you take like a can of pie filling, dump it into the into the Dutch oven, and then a can of cake mix and just dump that on top. And that's it. That's pretty much it. Oh yeah, super good. Oh, um, I don't, I don't. Probably the garbage bread is what probably like. Garbage bread. Yeah, really but good. um, you remember the time we smoked a pork up there too? Yeah, we okay. smoked a pork shoulder or something. It was all right. Yeah. We seasoned it with That's Doritos so dust. Yeah, we did. I remember that one. Uh, one awesome memory from. This is just a big reminiscence now, but uh, they uh, your New Year's oh. Eve party, Zach. Um. When we would do like the weird eat, uh, not weird, I guess the weird eats, but oh, like, yeah, the food challenge, the food challenge really essentially, yeah. where uh, your dad's friend would bring all these like weird snacks from all around the world or whatever. You just get at an Asian market, and it would be a challenge. We start off mild, and then each like round, if you couldn't swallow it, you were kicked out of the round, and then um, basically at the end, it's like the worst thing you can eat. I remember what was it one year. They pulled out the caviar. <laughs> it was like stuck in your braces. Oh, dude, that was so bad. It got stuck. That, in that didn't the end. <laughs> oh, I was done after that. It was horrible. caviar from Ohio. Oh my god! <laughs> just, just to clarify this, guys. Ohio's <laughs> best caviar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. that's rough. That's you know, I, that's I'd love that. I, I, we should bring them back. We should do them again because those are that was so much fun. The New Year's Eve uh, food challenges. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be really yeah. fun. I would thrive. I would thrive. I've already yeah, done like I, ever, I feel like I would do pretty well. I feel like not ever, even fair. I, yeah, I know. I feel like I would have to be like I would do it for fun, and you guys are challenging each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I do. I do pretty well with the with the, you know, off the cuff. You know what? Strange foods. I guess. I don't want to call them strange. The. I remember w- the one thing that like I hate the most that we did it on one of those foods. Challenge thing or kraut juice. We had to take oh, a shot of sauerkraut uh, juice. And it's uh, exactly what you you think it is. It's literally like so the juice from sauerkraut. That sounds um, really, really I guess bad. people take it as a detox. And uh, let me tell you, it'll clear you out. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, man. Like I like I like sauerkraut just fine, but oh, I used I to. I used to. He says. Okay. I hate sauerkraut. Uh, I'm gonna ruin the, it. For you. I'm taking the reins of this show, Zach. We have a question that we ask to. Well, I guess our only other guest has been James, but <laughs> we asked it to him, and it's a thing we're gonna start asking every time we have a guest. What is your last meal? What would your last meal be? Oh, you can pick like a few things. It doesn't have to be one concise meal. Um, I know when Bailey and I did it, we each picked like several things, but. Honestly, I really like pulled pork. Pulled pork. But I would really want like... like a whole fucking 
like a whole uh, shoulder to myself. Like an entire pork shoulder. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with cornbread. Jalapeno cornbread cooked in a cast oh. iron so the bottom is a little crispy. Dude, you used to make that that jalapeno cornbread all the time at the house. It was oh, so yeah. good. I never. Are you talking about the cornbread or the cornbread casserole? Either one. They were both. <laughs> good. I don't remember even. You made so cornbread much cornbread casserole. Cornbread casserole is amazing. Oh, I fuck with cornbread casserole, dude. That's so Either good. you had uh, like a shepherd's pie, but instead of mashed potatoes on the top, it's cornbread. Ooh, no. I, I did it one time, and. It's oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making shepherd's pie this week. Maybe I'll make, maybe I'll do that. Do a little mini one. It's yeah, good. I'll do two. I'll do two shepherd's pies instead of one big one. I got a new set of uh, like uh, glass casserole dishes. I gotta break Ooh. them in. So bust them in. Uh, the first okay. time I ever had shepherd's pie was at your house, Wes. Your dad made it. Oh yeah, did he? Yeah, it was so oh, good. Was my dad so was good. my dad was a really really good cook. Oh yeah, that's where I that's where I get it from. I think. Um, I remember him Zach, making you... crepes on a campfire. Making crepes on a campfire? Yeah. You don't, don't remember, remember that. one of our hobo no, campouts? No, I don't remember that at all. Oh, man. Making crepes? Really? Yeah. Maybe it was just thin pancakes, but they were like... They <laughs> were... Probably, you know what? He probably made pancakes and made the batter too thin and then tried to save face. That'd be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the kind of thing he would do. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. No, um, Zach, you're, uh... You also venture off into a different category as a um, a chicken farmer as well. You have oh, your yeah, own chickens. A hobby. <laughs> chicken yes, hobby. Your little side hobby. Um, would you say raising chickens and ha- getting your own eggs, in a sense, would be is a lot better than uh, just going to the store and getting them? Like, flavor-wise? Oh, yeah. Um, at this point, though, you almost have to have my dad on the show because this was kind of like a project that I started in their back in my parents backyard um my junior year of high school like kind of towards the end of it um so, so i was really only around for about a year uh so you did it for a year <laughs> like, and it was like all right full time like all right your problem now see ya i'm yeah. off to college uh, yeah <laughs> i will say you can get it set up right so that it's very easy i've seen um people on youtube mostly will take like a big piece of like uh two inch pvc pipe and uh, stick it into the top of their feeder and into the top of their water bucket that's inside of the the run or the coop. Um, and they'll just pour food into that and pour water into that so that they never have to go in there and like lift oh, the thing up and get it out down. and replace it. Like yeah, a, and my, my dad's kind of like stepped in that way. Yeah, my dad's kind of stepped in that way lately because um, before the biggest problem with the chickens was getting the water from the house to the chicken coop. Um, we're we're on like two acres and the house is on the front acre and the chicken coops is on the on the back it's acre. A, so it's a long walk to the chicken. Yeah, coop. there's about the it's probably end. about seventy five to hundred yards. Um, and water is pretty heavy, so he put a rain barrel in. Uh, what was what's the name of your your mom's rain barrel business? Oh shit! I sh- really should know what my mom's business is called. I could not <laughs> tell you off the top of my head. Well, sorry, he got mom. it. He got it from he got it from her. <laughs> I'll text her, text her right now. She'll be so He's got like, that set up, but uh, now he just runs a hose from that um, and fills up their water, so it's a lot easier than it was when I left. Um, getting uh, getting the, the bedding out can also be kind of tricky, but I've seen people come up with easy solutions for that, too. I guess 
what I would what I would say um, is like a general rule of thumb, just like do a lot of research and think about the like the chores that you're gonna the things that you're gonna have to do the most often with the chickens and how you can make that as easy as possible. Um, that's kind of stating the obvious, I suppose, but <laughs> the taste is definitely worth it. Their, their flavor is so good. Um, Didn't a hawk get in your chicken coop? A hawk? At one point, wasn't it a hawk or something? I don't know what it was, but yeah, over the course of like two or three days, that's. I guess that brings me to my next point. Don't get attached to them, right? Yeah, so like, right. Oh, At the end of like the day. two or three days, we had our entire flock killed and eaten. All we found was like bones and feathers when we went in there by something. Uh, and it was able to get in and get out, so there wasn't even a chance for like any sort of retribution where I could, what? you know, cap it with a <laughs> 22 or something. Um, He's back. So that was like a huge. We're, yeah, we're losing you a little oh, bit. Oh my How's god. That? Better. Uh, shout out no drought about it. That's my mom's rain barrel. My mom sells rain barrels. All right, uh, Zach, are, Zach, are you coming? Welcome back, mic? everybody. Sorry about that. We had some pretty. I don't want to say minor because it was a pretty major technical fine. difficulty where Zach sounded like he was underwater for a minute. Um, but I think I think the issue is fixed, and if it arises again, then we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but anyways, we were talking about uh, raising chickens, and you were giving advice for yeah for raising chickens. I think the the thing that everybody should know. Uh... Is like definitely like don't get attached to them because um, like I said, things could get in and eat them uh, like I previously said and uh, also they like to peck each other really bad. Um, so I remember one time in particular, I had some new chickens that I was trying to introduce to the older chickens and uh, I put them in there and I walked away for like maybe an hour and when I came back like two of them were dead and one of them was Thank like. God its head was like pecked open oh basically God. and it was still, it was it was like dude it was a massacre it was a massacre jesus christ man so that that was like you know definitely a little traumatizing <laughs> and uh i don't know i see a lot Animals. of people thinking that chickens are all cute and stuff and it was at that moment that i was like all right these things are animals yeah. <laughs> No, I think if I, I'm not a big bird person. Like cool. I, I every time like I go to my boss, my boss has a bunch of chickens, <laughs> and he has like the automatic doors and everything. He like opens from his phone or whatever to let them out. But every time I get over there, I get oh yeah, so my chicken dies. I have a chicken dies relationship with That's chickens. I, I hate them so much. Chicken dies taste good and pretty much impossible to overcook. That's yeah. I tr I have to like. Oh yeah, you're not chicken dies. So divine. You're you're a fine cook. I have to like uh, I have to like shred you the meat that, off but of the give pork me one or something. It's you. it's just not an easy one to eat. Usually I go for like a breast and a oh, drumstick just because I can keep my beard clean that oh, way. You know. You that yeah. Shout out special guest Oliver. Uh, my cat snuck in when we were on our break, and now he's standing. He's sitting right in front of my microphone. <laughs> Oliver he wants to say hi to the boys. Hi, Oliver. <laughs> he's just having fun he's just having fun dude. um so since you're just talking about like animals that like um <laughs> basically get in and cause some havoc yeah you have i a, know at your uh you have a special non you like to you got you live trap them 
and the, <laughs> the thing you were telling me oh, is how yeah. you take care of those yeah sometimes the old, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do the, so uh, in michigan it's actually illegal to transport dark. wildlife um so i'll say for a while <laughs> there was some relocating going on but um not now they get relocated into the the compost pile. <laughs> they get sent to a farm upstate. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's another um, pest that'll eat like everything right down <laughs> to the nubs really fast. Um, they get really big and they can fit right through our the holes in our fence, so they they can be the, quite a problem. The idea of um, you walking around doing pest control with a blow dart gun is so funny to me. I we've seen the because so. The dart gun came up when we were living at our house, and we had a dart board in the ba- My dart board was in the basement, and I remember when you came home with this dart gun. Where did you find that thing? Oh, my, my boss, my boss gave, gave it to it. me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, he's like, I got a new one. Here's this. You can. These are sweet. It's re- <laughs> and it's really cool. It's super duper cool. It's actually just like, they're pretty cool. Like a five foot long pipe with like a mouthpiece on the end. And I remember we would uh, mm-hmm. shoot a lot of darts at the dartboard, and uh... I had to make a—I made like a cardboard one because they were going all the way through your dartboard, yeah, and I was like, I don't want to goof this up yeah. too much. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I was practicing up with that for a little while. But uh, cool. yeah. it's really—it's really—it's <laughs> yeah. pretty. Fun. It's a hilarious way of dealing with the pest. Just like you could—you could use a gun. <laughs> like it's so much easier. Yeah. It is like I said though it's in the city limits so um you can't really use a good the, the blow dart guns a little bit more low key and like with all the volunteers and sure. people coming you don't want to just like where it's it's a lot it's definitely oh, the way to go. Thanks for volunteering at our farm. Ignore the gunshots yeah. like over there. That's fine. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. Taking care of business, you know. Yeah. As usual. Definitely a lot oh, yeah. more low key. <sighs> yeah, it's perfect for for that. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for joining us. Guys. I love it though. Well, Zach, well, Zach, I <laughs> yeah, think you guys, we're gonna wrap you guys this got up. me going. I appreciate <laughs> you coming on the podcast. I had a great time. I learned a lot, actually. Um, shout out to had a good time. Um, uh, good, good. I love getting people going. No, I don't. Um, I don't anything think I you'd have like anything. to plug? Can't, uh, can't think of anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, grow some produce at home. Give it a try. Don't be afraid to let a plant die. There you Just go. a nonprofit. Farmer <laughs> <laughs> bar. Hey, there you go. Bars. The farmer bars. Yeah. Um be sure to email uh, the yeah, podcast us, everybody your, with like, uh, debate topics, anything fun foods, you want us to talk about at dinner from breakfast, breakfast podcast at gmail.com. We have a theme song at Weird Eats. Um, shout out to Alexander Hume for for making us a little a little intro and outro jingle. Um, it's it's pretty sick. I don't know if they have any music published yet. Um, I haven't asked, but Alexander Hume, uh, you can find them wherever music is located. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>